your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? It's really, it's really awful. Do it to it, brother. This is Pastor Hoffman from Christ Lutheran Church and School in Coos Bay. Welcome to uh, Lutheran Stuff No Drama, the No Drama Podcast. And with me is my most excellent and Bush league co-host, Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach. Hey to all my fellow Bush Leagues. All right, so here we are. And uh, as promised, boy, we took, I think it's longer than a break. I think at this point it's a sabbatical. Um... <laughs> and it's totally my fault I own it because I was having some massive software problems with my laptop and I finally just converted the whole thing over to a Linux machine and it's been running like a top and so I'm really happy about that as my computer nerd inside me is very happy to be using my hipster operating system um, so as promised, and I put up a video on this, we're, we're, we're kicking off our, our next series of podcasts, and this time, Zach and I are going to be uh, talking about the book of Galatians, and for you first tuning in, what Zach and I do is we use the outline provided by the Lutheran Study Bible. It's a wonderful study Bible, so pick it up. It's very easy to follow along, and since this is the first episode um, we're going to do a little bit of the overview and so that we can prepare to dig into the meat. Um, the first thing uh, I'd like to say about Galatians is I think you're going to all find that it is an incredible book. Luther has a commentary on it. It's freely downloadable. If you want, if you want your mind blown, go ahead and download it. Luther is not a bush leaguer on this. So... Uh, but the overview that the LSB gives, I think, is helpful. And, and I'm going to go over that for a second. Okay, Zach? Yep. All right. The author of this, it says, is Paul the Apostle, St. Paul. It's dated at around 51 to 53 AD. And the places we're going to hear about are Galatia, Jerusalem, Arabia, Damascus, Syria, Cilicia, and Antioch. And the people we're going to hear about are the Galatians, Paul, Cephas, meaning Peter, James, the Lord's brother, John, Barnabas, Titus, Gentiles, Jews, and false brothers. Oh, that's going to be rich. It's going to be great. Then the purpose of this book is to demonstrate that faith in Christ accomplishes both justification and sanctification. By the way, that's a good Lutheran terms thing, so we'll get into that. The law themes... The threat of subtle false teaching, hypocrisy, uh, works cannot justify, the law's curse, works of the flesh, the law of Christ, and of course the gospel themes, one saving gospel, God's gracious call, justified through faith in Christ, and the gift of the Holy Spirit, and adoption as God's sons, and freedom in Christ. Now, there's two things that I'd like to say before we start reading. One of the things listed, and you'll see here, are the challenges for readers. And I think this is something that Zach and I are probably going to attack with our helmets on. 
um, is ignoring sanctification. Um, in the first part of Galatians, you'll see that Paul is talking about that quite a bit. But also, the blessing for readers is the proper distinction of law and gospel described in Galatians leads one away from the misunderstandings of God's word that we were seeing about the people worried about sanctification. So the outline is, is, uh, is listed here, and we have a great uh, podcast ahead of us, so... So that you're not let just me, let me throw in uh, my two cents here. Just uh, a quick thing is, I believe that Galatians and Hebrews are vital New Testament books to properly understand the covenant change oh, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I agree. I really agree, and and sometimes Hebrews is kind of a poo poo, and. Um, which you and I will both go, ha! But, um... Ha! <laughs> so, um, the, the section, there's section one and two that I hope we can talk about today in the outline. And that's, the section one is verses one, uh, chapter one, verses one through five. And section two is, uh, is at least through verse 12. And that way I think we'll have time to really get into it. and so I'm going to read through the first um, actually I'm going to read through the first 12 for the through the first 12 verses and then we'll we'll start digging in so uh, chapter 1 Paul an apostle not from men nor through man but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For I am now, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel, for I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. No, nothing good there, right, Zach? <laughs> oh, man. There's a, there's a whole lot there that most people would probably just skip over. I know. So let's let's unpack it for him. Let's make it. Let's make it. Uh, let's make Jesus great again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jay, I don't even know how to pronounce that. But well, uh, the greeting is important because first of all, we we want to see that this letter comes with apostolic authority. 
Um, somebody called by Jesus, a called and ordained servant, Paul, an apostle, is telling him, I'm not from men, not through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me. It's uh, You notice his reference is a call from God and he references the resurrection, which is the event in Christianity which turned the world upside down. Yeah, he's totally throwing down his credentials here, saying, hey, I speak for God. Okay, mm -hmm. not, not men. Nobody gave this... here uh, I was given apostleship from God himself and that's the authority that I'm laying down but I love the next part where he says grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ right and then he gives him a little snippet of the gospel now this is important because Paul's opening the letter with this Right, and he's he's saying to the congregation, grace and peace. He's not treating them like unbelievers, but believers. Right. Right. And then, and then when he goes into chapter six, he just comes unhinged. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, isn't that kind of what we're supposed to? I mean, we'll we'll get into that. You're totally right because he is coming to them saying, "Look, I bring peace from you." He's giving him a very similar greeting to the one Jesus gave them in the upper room. And a post-resurrection kind of thing, and so, and he's and he's saying, "I'm from Christ. I come here. Um, the one who's delivering us. I work for him, and his glory is forever and ever." You know, because I think it's important to note in church history, somebody claiming to be the Messiah wasn't new. They they usually would get people together. And, and they would get power hungry and they would get a bunch of Jewish people riled up and then they would attack the Roman soldiers. And I was saying, like I was saying to my teachers this morning at our Bible devotion, that's the equivalent of me going, um, going and getting a bunch of people together and charging Camp Pendleton saying we're going to take out the Marines. It, it's just, it's a death trap. So now yeah, he's... not a good idea. I would advise against that. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, this is just sad." <laughs> I, I mean, I just hate to kill him. <laughs> so, um, so he establishes his credentials, and I think, like you said, you were leading up to this. He needed to establish his credentials because he's about to do something kind of unpleasant. He's he's going to preach them a law and a gospel sermon. And he kicks it off by properly distinguishing them by starting and preaching the law to them. And and because, what does he say? I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you um, and want you to distort the gospel of Christ. Well, this is a good thing for us to read because we can say, you know what? We still live in those times. Absolutely. And like you said, when you were outlining the book, the important distinction is definitely on law and gospel. So he opens up, obviously, with credentials. And then the gospel even reminds them, right, that Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, delivered us from the present evil age. And then he unhinges on them that I am astonished. And then, you know, he's bringing in the, in the law here. But notice, notice the text, what he says, that 
that some want to distort the gospel of Christ. It doesn't say get rid of. It doesn't say uh, totally something different, but a distortion, right? Oh, yeah. So these are people who are, who are taking the gospel and adding or subtracting, right? So they're yeah. distorting. Just like Satan would, right? Did did God really say, or or, or uh, what? What does He say to Jesus in the desert? Cast yourself down, and God will. Yeah, God will. God will. Uh, he will save you because it is for it is written. Remember. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true because the distortion of the gospel still makes people think. Well, it's gospel like, you know. So yeah, Satan distorting the scriptures even to Jesus in his temptation in the wilderness. It's it's the same thing because it's like I said, it sounds gospel like. And if it and if people think, yeah, that kind of sounds like the gospel, then they can be tricked by it rather than saying, well, you know, Jesus is a unicorn from the planet Venus. Well, that's so far gone that that's that's not how the devil works. He likes to make it go, yeah, that schmecks a little bit of, of what I remember from Sunday school or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you get it just enough distorted, it's no longer the, I mean, any any distorted, really, right? It's no longer the same message. Right. And, you know, granted, his message is perfect, and you always have people that want to mess with it to say, you know, you know, you Christians are so blah, 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 whatever that, you know, but, and, and they're saying basically, if you would just adhere to our social justice, uh, then you would be more Christian. And we're like, no, that would be distorting the gospel too. So, yeah. Um, and you know, replacing it. And, um, um, Paul goes on to say, right, but if we or an angel from heaven should preach to a gospel contrary to the one we preach, let him be accursed. Now, can you think of a couple of examples of a couple people uh, who are visited by angels according to their own testimony and preach a different gospel? Well, I know that that's for sure the background story of Islam and of Mormonism, right? That's like five points. You got five points on the board for that. So (laughs) we have two men here that uh, claim to receive the gospel from an angel. And I I think with uh, Muhammad, the angel was very violent in the in the cave, right? Kind of slamming him around. So but but scripture teaches us uh, in another place, Paul says, for no one, even Satan can transform into an angel of light. Right. So. We're not supposed to trust the spirits, but to test the spirits to see if they are from God. Sure, and any spirit that was from God would be happy to be tested because they love God. So, no problem. Hey, I have no problem showing you that I'm with the big guy. So Yeah, that's not a hard test, folks. Really, you just confess <laughs> something like the Nicene Creed, and you're in. You yeah. passed. Exactly. We approve. So yeah, there's definitely there's you know it's it shouldn't be that complicated, um, but he even tells them you know don't let some heavenly being, uh, I'm sorry, heavenly seeming being, uh, fool you 
because that's a light show. Because even think of Christ, he came in the incarnation um, as a as a servant. He came to serve, not to be served, and so he was able to uh, preach the coming kingdom apart from legions of angels. You know what I mean? So uh, it, I think it's very important that he spoke to us as the incarnate Christ and that he brought us his means of grace, not with unicorn flesh, but with simple bread and wine and water and his word. So the, 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 the light show, industrial light and magic, isn't what's necessary. Yeah, you know, and to piggyback on that a little bit, the side drift, uh, you know what's sad is you see a lot of adults, I mean, you'll see it common amongst kids, but kids have a limited understanding of, of a lot of things, right? They're not mature in a lot. Uh, some are. There's exceptions to every rule. But uh, you'll see when we're talking about Jesus, everybody kind of gets, okay, yeah, okay, you know, this is boring. <laughs> But then the second you get on to the topic of angels and demons, they're like, hey, now, this is the good stuff, yeah. right? The special it, it's kind of Yeah, it's kind of sad to see, isn't it? I mean, um, no angel, you know, is one trillionth comparable to the... So... Yeah, the incarnate I mean, Christ. It's it's yeah, but that's the old Adam though. The old Adam loves uh, a a minstrel show, and so you know when when they think of an angel coming, it's like well, it's almost like well, I think Hollywood hasn't really helped that narrative, but uh, you know, it's just seems really cool. Although I I'm a I'm I love to read about the angels, but I'm not one of those Christians that gets all warm and squishy over them. I mean, I, I mean, I think they're amazing, and they have an amazing vocation. But I could never be one of the people that was, you know, loyal to Saint Michael or something. No, and I think you make a good point there. It's definitely the flesh that wants to cling onto that as something cool, um, because the idea of God becoming man in humiliation and dying for the sins of the world is not appealing to the flesh, but to the spirit, it's like, wowza, you know, it's, yeah. it's great news, right? So, um, yeah, definitely duality of nature in that, so. Um, and, you know, I think this is just amazing because uh, it's also a good warning for to look at the Galatian Christians and to say, Christians of today and Christians of history have already found this to be true, but it's something that we have to remember to keep on guard. We guard our doctrine closely, and um, it isn't so that we can be thought of as Pharisees, which sometimes we're thought of as being, but the truth of the matter is, is guarding uh, pure doctrine is not arrogant. It's It's a humbling task because uh, sometimes you you get the urge to fudge on it a little bit, and and that's really where you start having to really show that you're not a Pharisee by holding yourself accountable <laughs> for this. Because the Pharisees didn't always hold themselves accountable that well. I thank God I'm not like other men. Oh my goodness, yeah. Well, if you get called a Pharisee and an antinomian in the same day, it usually means you're properly distinguishing law and gospel, and you're a Lutheran. That's, yeah, that's what the middle. 
middle of the road comes. You've been poking somebody's old Adam on both sides of that fence. So I want to give one example of maybe a, a distorted gospel, uh, but I'm not going to call out names just for uh, the sake. But you know, there is a gospel out there, a different gospel than than we Lutherans cling to uh, from the scriptures. I'm going to argue ours is from the scriptures that says, um, you know, some are saved. Jesus only died for some, and some are damned. You know, and that. Uh, some are predestined for hell. That's just the way that goes. And they, it also, you know, the gospel includes the sacraments. You know, in order for there to be good news, that good news has to be applied to you. And that good news is applied through the means of grace. Okay? So, without the sacraments, you have no objective assurance. And this other gospel teaches, hey, um, the only assurance you have is the good works that you see yourself doing, which are always subjective and not objective. Yeah, and you know, I, I totally understand what you mean. That's that's a frightening thought to, you know, for example, the scripture everybody knows, John 3.16, that becomes bogus. And anytime, you know, when you talk about uh, the mercy and, and the works of Christ and him dying on the cross and... Him saying that he came for the Jews, then the Gentiles. Well, guess what? Gentiles are just pretty much everybody who's not a Jew. <laughs> so, you know, and he was actually saying Helene, which is the Greeks, you know, but they they referred to everybody who wasn't Jewish as a Greek. So it's it's a sad doctrine because it sounds really smart when you hear somebody who's really good at talking about it. But ultimately, all you're saying is, by the way, I don't have some good news for you. I have some kind of despair news for you. Yeah, and again, I want to make a note that we're not condemning this group. Like, we're not saying they're not Christian because uh, of the felicitous inconsistency. You can uh, Google that word. It's uh, uh, not consistent in doctrine and practice. But they definitely have a distorted gospel. So uh, just for... Uh, disclaimer purposes, we're, we're not saying, they're kind of like the Galatians here. Paul would probably yell at them the same uh, today as he's doing to the Galatians here. Yeah, and that's okay. Um, and yeah, it's like, I, I always liken it to saying, you and I, let's say we both have a brand new truck. Now, I decide on the left rear tire, I'm going to deflate it halfway, then we're both going to drive to Montana. Both of us will get there, but it's part of it in the one truck with the low tire. The ride is going to be a lot more frightening, and um, you're going to have less assurance with it. And so the felicitous inconsistency is, the truth of the matter is, is some people preach and teach some dumb stuff. But Jesus died for people like that, too. Well, and you know, the, if the... Um... If Aaron, after making the golden calf, can be saved, <laughs> uh, there's repentance for yeah. all. So yeah. while it is today, like Paul says in another place, let us throw off every weight and measure and run the race of endurance. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, Aaron. Uh, wow. Uh, you done messed up now, Aaron. I can just imagine Moses, you know, before he said and smashed the tablets, he was looking at him just going, 
Wow. <laughs> really? Well, you know what? And, and by Moses smashing the tablets, it actually shows that the people had broken the covenant with God, right? So, yeah. I mean, he's throwing it down like, you guys broke the covenant already. It hadn't even been five minutes and you done messed up. <laughs> it's like leaving now, your kids in the room. I was gone for five yeah. minutes. <laughs> Where's the dog? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, well, and then Aaron, he tries to self-justify, right? Well, well, I just threw the gold in the fire, and it kind of came out like this calf. You know, yeah. I, I really wasn't going for a calf here. And, and, <laughs> Come on, man. And to the Israel, uh, he said, tomorrow we'll worship the Lord. Today we'll go full tilt pagan, but tomorrow will be a day under the Lord. I'm like, yeah, that's that's how he works. We should fear, love, and trust him above most things. Uh, yeah, no, no, that's a fail. Yeah. So, I mean, Paul's going to reiterate this, too. He says, as we said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be Damn, that's what Paul yeah. is saying. There is a curse. He's saying, "Let him be damned." He is outside the faith. Yeah, that's anathema. Is the is the Greek word, and it it literally means a curse on them from God. And um, and that is that's that's rough. Um, that's scary. But that's you know, scary for sure. He says something here that that's going to make Joel Osteen throw up in his mouth. For am I now seeking the approval of man or? of god or am i trying to please man if i were still trying to please man i would not be a servant of christ and you know he's the guy that he tells rich people what they want to hear you know and that's why osteen is so popular is he's got all these rich people that are paying him money to go into his church to hear him basically go you're fine you're fine yeah, itching ears. This this text right here, everybody should underline it because this should be a unified confession. When when the going gets tough, you're gonna suffer. That's mm -hmm. I mean that's what Paul's saying here is I I don't need your approval. I'll take the beatings. I'll take the mobs. I'll take whatever you can throw at me. But I'm I'm seeking the approval of God, not men. So um, Adam. Adam loves the approval of men. Like Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites that blow their trumpet in the streets, right? Yeah. Oh, they love to be seen praying, don't they? And, um... Yeah, I mean, well, and that's the thing. Adam, he loves the praises of men. It goes on and on and on. He's got to be crucified every day. He's got to be put back in that baptismal font and drown Absolutely. every single thing. Yep, and... Um... So the the you know it's a temptation for every pastor who ever steps in the pulpit to just kind of soft shoe, and it's a temptation because they don't want everybody to look at them, and you know it's it. I can see that there's the people pleasers, and um, for them I just go, you know what, you're receiving your reward right now, my man, um, and you know I would I would tell them to repent of that. Yeah, and that's that's excellent advice. That's what we want to constantly do because I mean, it's it's you're 
Dear Christian, your life is a war. It's a battle of flesh and spirit till the day you die. Romans 7, yep. uh, clearly on that. And James says again, you know, what? what is it that causes divisions among you? Is it not that your passions wage war within you? Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it's just a continual war of flesh and spirit. But stay connected to the vine and let the spirit be strong in you. Yeah, absolutely. Um and you know, and this is, and this is the last section, and I think there's plenty to say on it, because he says, uh, "For I have, I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ." It's, again, he's saying, "Look." You might think I'm a great preacher. You might think I'm a lousy preacher. Don't care. The truth of the matter is, is that I received this from Christ, and this is why I'm saying it to you. It's not a popularity contest, not a beauty contest. This is me. Once he first, um, he first um, solidifies his place as an apostle, and then in this first section, this is why I think the outline. Uh, sections it this way and he ends by saying and remember just as i'm certified as an apostle this message is certified by christ and not man yeah and that goes back to romans 1 18 says we just did romans right i am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god unto salvation Boom. for all who believe absolutely and um so nowhere are we telling you, Christian, uh, rely on your own strengths. You know, uh, you you persevere. No, we're saying stay connected to the vine. Get the get the good stuff from God, yep. and let Him do the work in you to persevere. For sure. And you know, these are messages you you should be hearing from the pulpit every Sunday. This is this is the vine you connect to. God's word, His sacraments. You should, you know, you you have uh, the scriptures, devotional reading, this kind of stuff, and you know, because you you re I would say I would argue Christians need to refresh themselves on the gospel that that Saint Paul is preaching to make sure. Hey, you know what? I've been thinking about this, and I just reread this, and I've really got a warped view on it, you know. And so it's there's time the scriptures refresh and rejuvenate your understanding and because just like every other fallen and broken thing if you stay away from it it's going to fade away well and i can't remember how long was paul with the galatians it was it was over a year right i mean he was there i think three i don't want to be wrong here. i don't think it was that um i'm trying to remember a let's see i know it was at least a year I do too. So I'm going to say a minimum of a year. So we have Paul writing this letter, and he's there a year. Imagine a year just learning all the things of God, right? He's on. He's opening the Old Testament text for him. He's preaching uh, the full revelation of Christ. He's giving him all all the good stuff of Jesus, and then he leaves, and boom, you know, <laughs> look what comes in and steals it just like that. Here comes the devil stomping around the corner to take it. Yeah. Well, and he's, he's literally going, well, that's not going to do. <laughs> he's got a, he, Jesus spoke specifically to Paul, and now Paul's repeating it 
and now other people are believing it. Well, that just doesn't work for me. That's what the devil's saying. So, definitely. And I love it. And this is a perfect section for us to kick off our Galatians study, is to have him say, look, let me establish to you who I am, and then to end the section with ensuring them that he's establishing who this message is from. And um, that, and by the way, Christians hate to hear this, but I love telling him, God is consistent. You may not like his consistency, but he's consistent. And Paul is reminding them that the gospel witness is consistent. So don't look for gospel 2.0 or 3.0 or, you know, um, version X. You know, it's it's always going to be the same thing. And, um, and it, because it always changes people. It doesn't need fixing. We need fixing. Amen to that. Well, you know what? I think we did a pretty good job getting back in the saddle here. And, and I will have the listeners know that this is not the first time Zach and I have tried. This is our third, I believe. Our third time starting on Galatians. And my computer killed it both times. And I don't mean in an awesome way. I mean it killed the file. It crashed. And so... I am praying to God that what you're hearing now is me lamenting two crashes and not three. <laughs> so um, we will. Well, and I will tell you, I think you were a little hard on yourself at the beginning, seeing as we lost uh, we lost two episodes uh, due to to uh, the crash there. So it was um, bad. It took me a while to get out of my cave after that. But I will, I will, uh, we'll get this worked out, and we look forward to uh, digging into what six chapters of Galatians, and they, this is life changing stuff. So, hang on for this ride, because I hope you'll be here for all these podcasts. And for I am Pastor Hoffman for Zach Lesher, saying thank you, God bless you, and we'll see you next time from the Bush League.